So the five aggregates actually fit directly into Paticca Samuppada. Um, that all of the the points of the five aggregates are uh, in the, all five of them are there in the um, twelve steps of dependent origination. Mm-hmm. All five of them, uh, and that they're spoken of distinctly um, as an introduction to Paticca Samuppada. Uh, because basically what we're looking at with Paticca Samuppada as a teaching is to understand how the mind works and how the mind works to get us into selfishness or what is then uh, the self and one of the ways that we can think about it is is that um, perhaps one of the problems with Western Buddhism, uh, uh, and most specifically with that, is um, the translations of the words. That the word anatta and atta um, is translated into English as self and no self and that that's kind of confusing in english because we already have a whole sophisticated set of definitions for the word self yeah when i guess i first heard about those it made me think of like no self was like annihilation or like the like the absence of like basically anything but it seems like from reading about Buddhadas, it's more like absence of ego. Well, even the word ego is very problematic. Oh, okay. And the reason for that is because when we use words like egotistical or egocentric, we're miscommunicating what Freud's use of that word was. Mm-hmm that Eric Byrne uh, really was able to put some in, uh, some intelligence into that by relabeling it from ego into the word um, adult. Oh, okay. Okay. That in fact, when we use words like egotistical, we're talking about being selfish. And that basically what we're talking about uh, on a scientific level is we're talking about um, the base underlying tendencies or the instincts for preservation. In other words, there's fear motivated. Mm-hmm. So um, Freud uses the word id for that. Okay. Ego, superego, and id. Boy, uh, burn ta- turns into parent, adult, and child. And so uh, if we were going to be using the language correctly, we would have never had the word egotistical. We would have had id-tistical. 
Hittistical. <laughs> okay. Right. Because it's the id or um, what? It's the uh, lack of, or, or it's like the stuff that makes us an adult. It's like the worries about society, like the conditioning the, and all of that stuff. No, the adult is that which can see clearly. The adult is that which can see clearly. The can see clearly. Okay. The adult in the room. They talk about it like that. Who's the adult in the room? And they mean that in the sense of in politics, when uh, Trump is having one of his rants, are, is everybody going to play along with him, or is there going to be an adult in the room? Yeah. Okay. What do we mean by the adult, then, is that which can see clearly. In the human brain, that would be the frontal cortex, the things that we can see clearly that give us our technology. Dogs don't even have that kind of brain. Yeah. But they've got another kind of brain that we don't have. Their hearing is much better than ours, and their nostrils or their sense of smell is far superior to ours. But we have something they don't have, and that's the ability to see, to put things together. Uh, uh, to see things over time. And so uh, uh, to make connections. Uh, okay. uh, what do you uh, Connect the dots. That's a good one. Okay, so that's the adult. That's the adult. And is that the self? No. That's the no, no self. No, the self is the id. Okay, that's the, the child. It's the deeper nature. It's our instinctual behavior. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It's represented in the anterior uh, cortex. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> anterior means up here. It's the posterior cortex okay, of the so that's like our, re like our reflexes. That's our like knee-jerk reaction. Like It's not fear. just a knee that like, jerks. <laughs> yeah, that's like the... Would it, yeah, okay. And then we have the... No self is the adult in the room who can see clearly. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Thanks. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so um, the all of the problems of life come from the fact that we don't see things clearly, but we go on what we would call automatic pilot, or we do the things the way that we have been doing them. We do things habitually, but those habits were set up ignorantly, just following our instincts. Mm -hmm. The children, when we're first born, we, even as we're still developing the human brain, we still operate totally on instinctual behavior. Yeah. And that uh, sometimes that instinctual behavior will keep us alive. An example of that is, is that the mother deer just died and her doe does not have breast to feed on, but his instincts will tell him that water is what he needs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like thirst, yeah. Exactly. So um, we operate by instincts. We live by instincts. And we mess our lives up thoroughly, instinctually. Why? Because we're not getting all of the data that we need to put things together to see where things really are. 
you could go so far as to say that in the ancient times, way back when, 100, 500 million years ago, uh, 500,000 uh, years ago, that the human brain was developing for the context that it lived in at that time. Mm -hmm. The human brain is not really ready for the present day society with all its sophistication if we're going to operate purely by instincts. Instincts would have done just fine 500,000 years ago. There was not much intellectual stuff to put together. Mm -hmm. There was no writing at all. But putting writing down and starting to learn to read and write, that takes something different than, um, than the reptilian brain, which is in the back of the brain. All right. So if we operate instinctually, we're going to be able to operate very quickly. In fact, this is what we call reflexes that sportsmen try to develop. They try to develop uh, high-speed reflexes yeah. so that he can, he can catch that ball uh, that's being thrown at him if he's in baseball, or he can catch the arrow that shot at him if he's a warrior. Sure, and it's all built into your, like, reptilian brain or like the yeah, reflex and, and it operates fast yeah it's automatic it's automatic but it's often wrong yeah but it also can be not trained. a good response yeah pardon yeah there's times when like the automatic response is not the good option mm -hmm. like anger or fear is often not the right response yeah Okay, an example of that, you're tooling down the road, you're driving down the road, and you see the red lights and the siren behind us. If we are operating by instinct, then we see that uh, um, uh, situation as there is a predator. Because that's what they are, they're predators. Yeah. But if you behave fearful in that traffic stop, you're going to get killed maybe, especially if you're the wrong color. You gotta have your mojo. You gotta have some smarts going on. Hello, officer. Good evening. Hope all is well for you. How may I help you? Right? But if you're agitated and fidgety and all of that, he's gonna get agitated and fidgety also. So this is a clear example of when instinctual behavior is absolutely dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so, you mentioned like anger. Okay, like in that moment, like maybe we have anger at the cop or something like that for pulling us over. Mm -hmm. That feeling, anger. I, they're one of the five aggregates is feeling, right? Yes. Is that is like would anger be that feeling or is that like a translation issue? All right, let's let's do this. To sorry, if you, I'm sorry if you. Sorry, there is a thing called emotion that we have in the English language. Yeah. All right, we can think of as feelings as either being part of emotions, or we can see that feelings is something that starts emotions. Yeah. Okay. The feeling then is the feeling of liking the feeling of not liking, or the feeling of confusion, which means I don't know if I like it 
or not. Oh, wow. This, so it's just, a, yeah. So these are just basic just feelings. Now, and the, the emotion feeling, would be the higher level, higher order uh, life. And, and you can actually use the word emotion in the sense of looking at the word motion. Okay. The so feelings, you think like, of I dislike as, this, but over time. Mm -hmm. So you could say then that as a firecracker goes, the spark that lights the fuse is the feeling. The explosion is the, is the emotion or the feeling that we use the word feeling for then. But the whole lighting and the explosion is also all feeling. It depends upon how you use the word. Okay. The word, the word Vedana in Pali does have uh, a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. And that it has a negative connotation. Um, and so let's explore this for just a moment. There are three kinds of feeling. The three kinds of feeling gives rise to four modes of clinging, and these four modes of clinging are often also referred to as emotions. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the sequence in Paticca Samuppada is that when, when our internal representation of what we see on the outside, in other words, when we when in that traffic stop, all we saw was red lights and all we heard was siren. What did we do with that by the time that we process that data that's going to give rise to a feeling? Because red lights and siren shouldn't give feelings. Yeah, it's the memory, the con like it's the context from it's the context. That context is the Sankara. The yeah. context within which we see things. And now that you've used the word context, I'm going to start pounding that one in, is that's what <laughs> Sankara is. It's the context. Is it's that... all of the old past that goes on. That context is, in fact, what we remember. Is that different? Because sometimes I hear perception grouped into the five aggregates. Is that the same as context? In the five aggregates, Sankara is Sankara. the context. Sankara is context. Okay. Uh huh. You could Perception's also say different. that Sankara is our sum total of all of our memories. Oh, okay. Okay. No, that makes sense. That's a lot different than perception. Right. Con yeah, Perception so is, is the, the ability total. to process that data with new input. It's like the history. It's like when our brains like go recall, like we talked about how your brain will go like look up. Like it'll like do some pattern, not pattern matching, but it'll, like try to recall like other past events or something related to like whatever's in front of you. So like the Sankara is our context that we like get mm -hmm. um, whenever like we have a feeling arise. Mm -hmm. Here's another possible context. The context is, is that we're all good old boys and we've all got red lights on top of our cars and we've all got siren. So when I hear the red light and siren, that's old Bubba Joe. <laughs> mm -hmm. Another context. Let us say that you were the daughter of a policeman and that you hold policemen in high regard. That's the context, okay? Her past. 
So when she's pulled over, she's going to be, hi, officer, glad to see you. Mm -hmm. Right? But her own son, whose grandfather was a policeman, he's not getting along with the policemen in town now because they don't honor his grandfather. Or they don't even remember his grandfather, which is even worse. (laughs) Yeah. And so when one of those cops pull him over, he's going to say, what do you want? Right? So it depends upon our context is how we handle any particular new sensory input. Yeah. And we're going to come up with something internalized. So Granny, who's the daughter of the, uh, of the cop, she's going to have one kind of context. Bubba in the woods, he's going to have a different kind of context. Mm-hmm. Your average Joe Blow Black is going to have a different context. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because of uh, he's going to bring racial stuff into it and maybe the cop will too and he knows that so that's the context that he's in all mm-hmm. right so this is an important point what are the three feelings are we going to have granny's going to see her uh, her dad and he's she's going to have good feelings um bubba he's also going to have good feelings Mm-hmm. Uh, many people are going to have a confused feeling. What's wrong? What have I done wrong? Other people are going to have angry feelings. Like, what the hell does he want? You know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, these kind of three feelings then are going to lead to, if they are ignorant, into instinctual behavior. In other words, the feelings kick things off. And the reason that the feelings got kicked off was because this uh, internal um, situation that we created in our own mind, because remember, all we had was the input of red light and sound of siren. Yeah, we think cop, and then we think, oh, like other experiences with cop. But maybe... Maybe you come from a culture that had no cops. Yeah, it, so it all depends on like the have co- previous experiences that you've seen. Right. So everything yeah. about our previous past will cloud or color our pers- uh, our the outcome of our perception, and the perception is the sequence of events that we go through internally of taking some information from here, there, and the other thing and come up with our current situation. Okay, so we have these different sources. So the perception is like how we rank these different inputs that are coming in. The inputs would be like feeling, the inputs would be Sankara, the inputs would be like um, physical, well, physical feeling, I guess, too, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So this perceptional system that we have is actually quite sophisticated. That we can take old information that we've had got stored up plus new sensory input and come up with something that's meaningful to us. 
and that would result in yeah we can come up with something that's new based like on how we're putting mm-hmm. together all these different parts and so like after right. perception what then we have an emotion well that's later but right now later, we're going okay. to look at the fact that we're creating something on the inside that we've made sense of to yes. where the sensory input was all just red light and and uh, siren yeah that was the only sensory input everything else was was uh, a matter of memory and how the perceptional system put that together to mm-hmm. create this new image that we have in the mind and it might not be just an image it might be more sophisticated than that but whatever that image is and that image in fact may or uh, could be something nothing more than just the word cop comes up in the mind but that word cop is going to be colored by how we perceive cops yeah exactly so that's what impacts us and this word impact is important so um this the image that we actually create which may not be a visual image but it's an understanding or it's a conclusion we take sensory input we delve into our past we concoct something and that which we concoct is now called the salayatana Mm -hmm. the salayatana then is going to be the internal sense of what we made so what we did with our external sense was red light and uh, uh, noise of a sorry the internal representation of that is now much more sophisticated so we have this internal representation internal representation like our mind inside the mind that's salayatana okay okay uh, and that that is what impacts us. Salyatana. Okay, that's what impacts okay. us. That's how we. That's the image that we get out of like our perception plus these other mm-hmm. inputs. Okay. Now let's use technology for just a moment. Hope that you can follow. Do you know what I mean by the word or by the letters OCR? No. It means optical character recognition OCR was started by IBM Corporation to help the post office to sort mail oh so it's like a camera that'll like read letters right now we have on the PC very very sophisticated software that does this OCR okay Basically, what we're talking about is optical character recognition means that you take an image with a camera or with a scanner and create an image. But that image is just pixels. Yeah. And if that image is pixels, then it's then the then any text that's on there is pixelized text. Mm -hmm. The computer can't use pixelized text it's got to have uh, a particular code like epsidic or epidic or ascii the pcs use ascii code they don't mm-hmm. use bardo and some of the other coding systems that i know of in <laughs> fact one of the coding systems is morris have you ever heard of morris code oh yeah morse code yeah yeah all yeah right. there's so, a lot of different ways to encode the all um, right whatever it's but, reading but the pc 
uses the coding system called ASCII. Yeah, yeah it'll do like... But, but the pixelized letters are just an image. And the computer can't do anything with that image. Oh, yeah, it has it's not encoded. It doesn't, it's just, you can't even see right. it, really. You, right. In fact, when you, you can say, okay, uh, uh, click the search bar or find, and then you type in A, B, or C, and then you hit the enter. But all you have on that on the screen is an image. Yeah. You cannot find the A, B, or C on that image. Hmm. Unless you put that image through OCR, optical character recognition. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, what does that mean? That means that you've got to have software that can process that. And you have to have a database one of the things in that database uh, would be um, mostly what's in the database is fonts. For instance, yeah. if you've got Cyrillic text, then you need a Cyrillic font system. Or if you've got a uh, text that is in um, um, Courier, then you need a Courier font. If you've got text that's uh, uh, pixelized as uh, New Times Roman, then you need a New Times Roman font. Yeah, so it has something to match against whenever it's right. So if your text then, or not not text, but if your image has uh, images of Japanese letters on it, that OCR can't make any sense out of it. Just like many times, we can't make any sense out of the world. Yeah. So um, this is um, the process then of converting that letter uh, that's pixelized into an ASCII character is called optical character recognition. Hang on a second, I wanna send a message. Uh, yeah, of course. Okay, so we're back. All right. So this OCR software, then its job is to convert that image into text. The, the actual software that's doing that conversion is our analogy of perception. And the Sankara is the analogy of the font database and the sensory input is the image okay so we have sensory input um we have sankara that's going to be our database that's going to be like mm -hmm. all the things that we've seen in the past perception is going to be filtering those and it's going to be producing i forget the I word but our mental um mm -hmm. image and surprisingly mind. enough when we print that textual character that we got out of the computer the ascii code it looks surprisingly like the original text okay and so when you say okay so we you've talked to me about that before like okay we can only like basically like our experience is kind of like a slideshow and so we can really only see like one single Thing at a time so mm -hmm. we take these inputs and like our perception creates a single frame a single slide okay is that what you're saying 
in that well, slide is the mental object? It, it may be more Are we talking about a higher level that? than that? We're talking about something that's kind of nebulous, but we do. Let me talk about it this way. If I say, uh, I see the light, or, and I'm talking about very, like I see the sky, or I see a tree. Now, when I'm using the word sky and tree, I've had to do some processing to come up with that word. Okay, what the I actually saw was just a sight. I get what you mean. Yeah, we're doing some like, yeah, our perception is creating some mental object, and then we're like, oh, yeah, that is the sky. Sorry, we're not talking about that low level of like slideshow. Uh -huh. This is like just the, like, how, how that mental object of like the sky is there comes to be. Or like how like the the OCR would say like oh that's a A letter, that's the letter A, mm -hmm. and then it gotcha. does something else. Okay, here's one for instance. Look at this. All right, that's different from a character that looks like this. Yeah. All right. How is the computer going to know? Whether that's an aid or it's an infinity sign means the context that it's in. Yeah. Okay. So context and cars. So it's like, oh, like I know it's like, oh, it's sideways, like mm -hmm. because of like, I don't know, because exactly. of my past experience when I see it like that sensory input in that order. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's an infinity symbol. So. And so we come up in the mind's eye with either an eight or um, an infinity sign. But the OCR software may or may not be sophisticated enough. In other words, um, if all you have is the infinity sign and that you rotate it and it becomes an eight, then the uh, then the software doesn't know what to do with it. Is it an eight or is it an infinity sign? The answer to that is if there are any other characters on that page to help give some orientation, then the software will be able to figure out to turn the page that it's not an infinity sign, it's an eight because it's followed by a two. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it all depends on context and like all right. perception the so lens that we look at this it. This is the, and so the software that can take and, and shift that thing is quite sophisticated. Mm -hmm. Very sophisticated software, this thing we call perception, so yeah. that we can take stuff out of the database and make sense out of it. Yeah. The making sense. So back to the seeing now. I can see that. And there's a difference between that and I see what you mean. Two yes. different kinds of consciousness now. One is eye consciousness and the other one is the internal eye consciousness. That thinking. Yeah. That's our, our, the thought or the concept. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we can go so far as to say that a concept is Salayatana. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same and, thing. It has the same flavor. Uh-huh. And if I'm going to give you a concept, I'm going to have to unpack that concept into language and then feed you one word at a time, and then you take that one word at a time and put it back together as a concept. Yeah. All right. That job of taking one word at a time and making sense out of it and putting it all together, that's perception. Mm-hmm. But you may be able to understand exactly what it was and have one feeling about it. Now I can understand exactly what it is and have a completely different feeling about it. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so we can give facts about what happens on the streets in Portland, and several different people hear what happened, and they'll have completely different feelings about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the cops so are going to have one feeling. The, uh, the Black Lives Matters are going to have another feeling. Donald Trump's going to have a third feeling. Somebody else is going to get his gun and do a drive over there and cause trouble. Got a fourth feeling. You see, everybody's making different things out of the actual event. Yeah. That actually then the event itself becomes contextualized and becomes a concept. But even the concepts then are subject to feeling. So, in fact, this is the point that we're making is, is that it is, in fact, the concept that you generate in your own mind that impacts you. Mm -hmm. It's not the red light and it's not the siren that impacts you. It's what you've made out of that that impacts you. Okay, that impact can sometimes be very weak and it sometimes can be very strong. It can be very forceful. Yeah, it can be as strong as a as a baseball flying at 100 miles an hour and then gets hit solidly by a bat. Mm -hmm. And you can hear the crack of that bat when that ball has to change directions immediately and go even faster because it's been struck. Pow! All right. When you think of pasa like that, then you won't use the word that normally is translated in the, in the Pali, a pasa. They translate it into the word into contact. Oh, okay. point of contact, yeah. Contact, okay. But we're talking about pasa sometimes is real contact, like an automobile collision. <laughs> Some things are devastating when they impact us. Okay, yeah. Okay, an example of that would be somebody describes um, an accident where someone dies and they give the details. Someone hears those details and they put together that that's their mother who died and that will con contact them very strongly and they have all kinds of really bad feelings where in fact, mom's not dead. She was nowhere near that. Okay, so he point made of that up. Point of contact would be like the, is that where the six roots meet the um, feeling? No, that's way before. This right. is at the level that you can say that the five aggregates hmm. go together, the body, including the eyes and the contacts that we make, the feelings that we have, our ability to perceive things, and um, the feelings that are arise. There's no self in there, but the feelings that arise out of that perception is because uh, what we perceive impacted us, caused mm -hmm. us to have feelings. Sometimes those feelings are, are very strong, but the feelings are only of three kinds. And that is the feeling of I like it, the feeling of I don't like it. And then the feeling of confusion, I'm not sure if I like it or not. Now, in the Pali, this is actually part of the Pali language, and it's all just one word. Uh, 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 dukkha Sukha Vedana. Mm -hmm. All right. And that is, it would be better translated uh, as not. 
uh, neither good nor bad feelings, but the wrong translation is to translate this as a neutral feeling. There's no such thing as a neutral. It's not. It's not neutral. It's like when the ball is in the air, we don't know whether it's going to go into the bleachers, whether it's going to go uh, into right field, or is it going to go out of bounds? Where's the ball going to go? We don't know. Okay, so just so to make sure I didn't mishear you. So you're saying like, okay, we have like these, uh, we have some inputs that goes through like perception um, that produces uh, like a, an like a something in our mind, like a, not a mental mind object, because I think that's like another term, but like a, that creates like the symbol in our head. And then we have a feeling towards that symbol that's either like neutral mm-hmm. or not neutral. Sorry. Uh, it's either confusion, bad or good. Right. Let's okay. make sure that we're using the word confusion there because that's in fact what not happens. Neutral. Yeah. Because it's confusing. You're like, neutral. I don't know. And it's like kind of the seeking, like, ah, like, what is this? Okay. So it can be a very weak feeling. And uh, hmm. no, but it's always a feeling, though. It's always but something. it's always a feeling, and it could be something very strong, like oh, what the hell, you know. That's a different kind of feeling than, hmm. but it comes from the both of uh, the source of it is. Just, I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we get the yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And so this is the beta now. We can automatically assume that if we don't like it, because we don't like it, that's already very close or close enough to to being unsatisfactory. We don't like it. It's unsatisfactory. So that's very quickly able to be seen. What we do when we're confused is we often become doubtful, confused. But if our feelings are wise, then we can change that from a a doubtful, confused feeling into the feeling of curiosity. Yeah. Leading to investigation. Yeah. Okay. And so to start, what the hell and draw back and say, what is that? And that's a different kind of uh, response to that feeling. Mm -hmm. But the feeling is, I don't know. So it's very, very subtle at the bottom level, even if it's very impactful. So it can have a very big impact, but it's also subtle and it happens very quickly. That feeling of confusion can rot into doubt and confusion very quickly if you have no wisdom there. But it can immediately or very quickly become um, a source of investigation. Yeah. And so... That was four of the five, right? And then the one preceding that, would that be consciousness? Like the observing of like the things going on? The like observing of the inputs? Knowing. The knowing is okay, consciousness. The knowing. Okay, the knowing okay. of like, um, we have these sensory inputs, we have these um, no, memor- no, not memories. Much more basic than that at the, at the level that I'm meaning. Uh, basically, you could say sight is a kind of knowing. Hearing is a kind of knowing. What does sight require? It requires, one, the eyes are properly functioning, and two, the object that we can see. Okay, I thought there was a difference between, like, oh, you mean the actual act of seeing. You don't mean... 
whatever pops up in our mind. Gotcha. Right. This is why we've got a bit of confusion here is because the word consciousness has two different definitions. It has two different definitions in the way that we're using it. It's got two different definitions in the poly. Yeah. And the, talked a little the, bit about this last time and it was, yes, uh-huh. it was confusing. And yet <laughs> the philosophers who were off into what is consciousness are really only looking at one kind. And we are actually now looking at the other. Yeah, you're, this is the knowing. This is like the where the things are happening. The sensory input itself. It's like the, the screen that things are being projected Going on. Going back to the OCR, the image is knowing. Gotcha, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, the computer cannot understand that, yeah. but the human uh, mind can read that document and put it into context and know it. But yeah. for the computer to know it, it's got to have, it's got to be perceived. Mm-hmm. It's got to go through the OCR. But the image itself is a kind of knowing. Mm-hmm. Just like your eyes, just because you can see, that's a kind of knowing. That's consciousness. So you have sight consciousness, that means you can see. But you can also say the word, oh, I see now. Now we put it into context, or we put it into a concept. Yeah. So those are the two kinds of consciousness. Mm. And the philosophers generally only work with the Salayatana kind of consciousness, the internal representation. Yeah. But we have to understand, no, we've got to take sensory input. We've got to process it. We process it using all our own memory banks, and we come up with something new. And that new then is referred to by the philosophers as as consciousness. But in, in but the, we're talking in the, about a deep yeah, that knowing the like the letters before they've been processed into text. Mm-hmm. That's 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 consciousness. That's uh, sanya. The Pali okay. word is sanya. And uh, so um in in that regard because language itself is sloppy we can say the actual seeing is uh consciousness the perception itself is also consciousness that which we come up with is consciousness the that which impacts us is also consciousness and the way we feel about it is also consciousness we can use the word consciousness for all of those kinds of things because why because we can know them all but hmm. the first thing that we know is the sensory input. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then we process it. Once it's processed, that's what impacts us. The original thing, just the red light and just the siren doesn't impact us. It's what we do with it, how yes. we process it that comes up with what's going, how it's going to impact us. And you can uh, tell by the analogy we had a while ago of be, uh, being stopped. There's many different ways to respond to the, to the police when they come to the door of the car. Yeah. Okay. And we also have many different ways of dealing with similar situations in real life. Why is that? Because of the past memory that we have. So you can say that um, 
this is the time when the self starts to interfere in the sense that it's our own old memory system. So if we are uh, bringing up things that we were attached to in a selfish way from the past, that will color what we're doing with the present moment. Yes, but okay. yeah, I mean, yeah, we can change our reception or we can adjust it. Mm -hmm. We can, but normally we don't, but we can also we see yeah. even then, though, when nobody, when someone has no control over it, but because of the variety of individuals, you'll have a variety of uh, ignorant, re ignorant reactions. But if there is wisdom, then we're going to really limit all of those actions because many actions and many things that we could do would be inappropriate or unwholesome, downright dangerous. Yeah. But if we have wisdom, then we're going to narrow all of that out down to acting only in a wholesome way with that cop. Yeah, there's, we no, have there's no, well, yeah, I see, but. Yeah, when you look at the aggregate, when you look at all these people, it appears that there's a choice. But like when somebody's acting like not in wisdom, like there's no choice. Like it's just a knee-jerk reaction. So like while there are fewer choices, it's I not mean, there the is knee actually that a choice. <laughs> it was yeah. the guy holding the wheel. <laughs> the <Yeah>. Jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> But when you use the word knee-jerk, what you're actually talking about is not the doctor who's using that little triangular rubber hammer on your knee. Yeah. Checking reflexes. Yeah, and just, What you're just, talking about so, in the knee-jerk is that we have instinctual, yeah, sorry, instinctual very fast sorry. responses. Yeah, the, our, yeah, these automatic processes. Like, I don't know, you were talking about how, like, we are not these things, like, uh, we are not the five aggregates. No. Nope. Um, and so, like, if these things are coming together to, like, result in some action, then, I mean, in a sense, like, these actions aren't mm -hmm. our own. I mean, like, yeah, there's no choice. Okay. So, let's step through this just a little bit, going in the ignorant way. If there is no ignorance, if there is ignorance or no wisdom at that point of contact, then the feelings that arise will be ignorant feelings of the three kinds of liking, not liking, and uh, confusion. That we already know that if you're uh, that if we come uh, if we don't know what it is, and we're not wa acting wisely, we'll become confused and doubtful, worried. And the feeling that comes up is fear. Yeah. All right. If, in fact, we don't like something ignorantly, then the not liking, uh, the, the feeling will grow into trying to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Try to make it go away. For instance, there is a, um, an insect bite on that knee that jerks. But this time it's going to be the hand that jerks. And what does the hand do? It jerks down there to start jerking things called scratching. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of my meditations, like in the past, have always been just like, I want that feeling to go away. <laughs> I mean, it's 
Yeah. Yeah. What do we want to go away? It's not necessarily the sensation of the itching bite. It's that we don't like it. Yeah, we don't like it. It should be gone. Like Exactly. That's it. We don't like it and we want to get rid of it. And the knee-jerk reaction then, if we can continue with that, will be to scratch that itch. Which may be very, very dangerous. Okay, For instance, so you might in fact that- have been touched, you might have just touched a... Um, um, a poison oak tree, a poison sumac, a poison ivy, and had just a little bit on your skin, on, the, on, on your fingertips, which is not going to cause blisters. But if you take that, uh, those fingers and scratch um, a mosquito bite, now you're going to get it really infected with the poison of the poison ivy, too. Or it could be bacteria on your hands. So if you've got an itch, wisdom will say, oh, let's get some ointment out and put ointment on that uh, mosquito bite and not scratch it. Yeah, Scratching and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, taking the, taking the action okay. you can. Okay, so now that we've gotten that going, we'll um, go and operate with the third one, which is the one that's the most problematical, and that's that we like it. If we have wisdom at that point of contact that we like it, then we'll know that we like it. And done deal. It stops right there. Just like we don't scratch, we put ointment on. Yeah. If, we don't, if we don't understand it, then we investigate. Yeah, there's dispassionate. You're, you want to uh, be dispassionate towards it. Either way. Regardless. Ah, passion. That's the word that has the concept of emotion, is passion. That, in fact, the whole word of passion has also to do with that movement of going. All right. So if I like something ignorantly, then I'll want it. If I want something I don't have, that's a classical definition of suffering, just like trying to put up with an itch that we don't like. Yeah. All right. If I like something and I want it, then I feel incomplete. I'm not good enough. I will be complete. I'll be whole. I'll have what I need when I get what I want. Mm -hmm. You see how ignorant that is. But people think that way all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I did today. I do that all the time. (laughs) We do that all the time. Yeah. Let us say frequently, at least, not all the time, it depends upon how we use the language. But we do that on a regular, frequent basis. All right. What that means, then, is I like it, therefore I want it. And if I get it, I'll cling to it because I want it. This is normally known as the four modes of clinging. Yeah. Okay, the four modes point of contact of cling- going into feeling or like this is good, this is bad, going into mm-hmm. I want it, then into need it. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And so technically, uh, and let us say in English language, classical Buddhism, 
the four modes of clinging are clinging to the self, clinging to sensual desire, clinging to um, rites, rules, and rituals, and clinging to views. This is the way that you will see that put out in the literature. And it's very confusing to look at it that way. Another way of looking at these four modes of clinging is to recognize clinging to views is nothing but a manifestation of the territorial instinct. The territorial instinct, like the dogs have, they're good to go until something comes into their territory and then they're all barky and everything. Yeah. Okay, when something foreign comes in, we don't want it. This is what we mean by clinging to views means if you give me a view that does not agree with the views I hold, then you're invading my territory. Yeah. Another example of that is racism, tribalism, otherism, anything that's not here is bad. Mm-hmm. Anything that I don't recognize is no good. I already know everything that I need to know, and anything that comes to me from the outside is suspicious. Yeah, there's a certain amount of like... You can see, in fact, that feeling of confusion is directly tied to this uh, territorial instinct. Yeah. Yeah. So if we don't know what it is, we don't like it. We become confused, we become fearful. Yeah, because there's like some ignorance we don't know. So we have to go like come up with a way, like come up with something that explains it and then mm-hmm. protect whatever like explanation we've come up with because we don't want to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know. I mean, I said that kind of wrong, but it's like, uh, yeah, there's kind of a cycle or not a cycle, but like you're, um, Yeah, you're, there's a thing. It's getting late for me. Sorry. But no, I mean, I get what you're saying. All right. Okay. That's the territorial instinct, and we cling yeah. to views. And with our views, we cling to identifications. We identify, for instance, with Democrats or Republicans, or we identify as Christians. We identify as um this country that we belong to, we identify with race, we identify with our profession. So, yeah, clinging to, like, the way we feel, like, the emotions that are arising, saying, like, I want this, I don't want that. We've, Mm -hmm. like, decided that these things should be in our life and those things shouldn't be in our life. Okay. So let's look at another instinct, and that is the instinct that we call um, in... We call it the nesting instinct, and sometimes it's called the herding instinct, the herding mentality, or the herding instinct. Yeah. Okay. In the in the uh, the suttas, we would refer to that as silabata paramasa, which means clinging to or ad, uh, adherence to the way that things should be done. Yeah, the rites and rituals, the yeah, the laws, the rules, everything, all yeah. of our shoulds, all of our wants, everything like that. 
Now, surprisingly enough, back to Eric Byrne and Sigmund Freud, they refer to that as the superego. The Buddha refers to it as Sila Bhatta Paramasa, and the uh, scientists refer to it as the herding instinct or the nesting instinct. So this is how it operates. If you don't behave correctly within the herd, the herd's going to ostracize you and throw you out. Yeah. If you don't live in the in if you live in our house, you've got to go by the house rules. Who made the house rules? Probably the biggest, baddest dude in the house, like daddy. Yeah, it's all survival can, instincts. It's like that the child that you were talking about earlier. Exactly. Being in the nest is an issue of survival. Yeah, that's kind of what the four hindrances kind of boil down to. It's like the instinct part of us, right? Or the four modes of clinging. Exactly. Oh, the four modes of clinging? Okay. Clinging. Thought, okay. Yeah. The hindrances arise in the mind in the present moment. But we're talking about the underlying tendencies that we can also refer to as instincts. And we can see that the Buddha figured all of that stuff out. He just did it in a different language. Okay. So if we can see the context, then we can recognize that um, all of the rights, rules, rituals, shoulds, ways to do things actually means that we are we have a dialogue inside of our heads, and the dialogue is between this parent ego state or this super ego or this set of rules and rituals and, and laws and uh, shoulds and oughts tos. We tell ourselves that, just like the adults in the, uh, or the parents in our house told us that when we were kids. So <laughs> the parents go, this, 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 and the child goes, nah, 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 nah. and then later when the person grows up, inside of his own mind, he has now his own parent ego state, his attachments to what their parents taught him, and so he goes, nah, 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 inside of his own mind, and then the uh, child ego state is going uh, like this. Yeah. We, we do that in meditation. It's very easy to see that happen in meditation. Goanka talks about it in the sense of when the mind wanders away from the breath, never mind, start again. Why does that's he say that? That's the parent kind of, that's almost that, a ritual. Well, what happens is, is the parent will say no. Yeah. I've got a, another call coming in, but I'll. Uh, uh, oh, we can wrap it up too. Or, or sorry, we can. What is this? Something fell, and now I've got to chase the wires around. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Hang on a second. Got to get the mouse untangled here. go sorry about that um so are the four oh sorry you knew that so um yeah let's finish off and i can take this next call um because we've got more to talk about with this this we're not finished with Patricia samapada by any stretch of the imagination so did the four so these, the four modes of clinging, those are all in, in the 12 links, along with the five um, right. aggregates. 
Right. And the Pali word is upadana. Okay. And okay. so then we would just have like what ignorance and then volatile action or volition action. With, <laughs> with the with this four modes of clinging, with this parent telling the child hmm. what to do. This child ego state then takes on one of the four references. The four references also we call the four woeful states. In this case, the woeful state of being an animal. What does the animal do? In the nesting instinct, the animal has to go along to get along. He's got to do what he's told to do. He can't do what he wants to do. He's got to do what he was told to do. Who tells him what to do? His own memory system, his own clinging to his own set of rules that he built up over time. Mm. And that's in that case, what happens is um, we go into uh, this woeful state means we're reborn into it. Yeah. That rebirth into the woeful state is, in fact, also part of Paticca Samapada. It's like the birth of the superego. Well, not the birth of the superego, but rather the, uh, the birth of the instinctual bad feelings. The, instinctual the, bad feelings. Okay, okay, like the, okay. one of the four woeful states. Like mm-hmm. the, that is like a birth. Right. And so you can say, this is the birth of the self. That is the birth of the self that we're talking about, that child right. that is, se- is in right. residence. So surviving. when you talk about anatta and atta, where does atta actually come up to? The atta uh, that is there um, is, is a delusion because we think it's me that is in this woeful state. Yes. And that's dukkha, okay? So, in the Pali, it goes from uh, Salayatana, the internal representation, then goes to Pasa, the impact. That impact then leads to feeling, Vedana. The Vedana then leads to Tanha. Tanha is the wanting. I like it, I want it. The wanting then grows to, I've got to have it. Yes. Okay, that I've got to have it then is the clinging, because why do I have to have it? Is because I am incomplete without it, which means now I've been born into the woeful state of the hungry ghost, yeah, the one us, who can't be filled. And that's the birth and death. Pardon? Or that is that is the birth, right? That's the birth of me. And I was was born uh, as me. Let me give this guy a call. He's a new student, and uh, not a call, but uh, uh, a message saying that I'll be finished in about 10 minutes. All right, so we'll do that. So... Now that we have this sequence going, we've got Vedana goes to Tanha. Tanha means I want it. 
Okay, and Tanha has power behind it. What is the power? The power of the impact. How did this thing hit me? In other words, I'm looking, just looking around, and I see an absolutely drop-dead gorgeous girl. Actually, what I see is a girl, the drop-dead gorgeous, which is what I perceived. That's the symbol, like the... All I really saw... in your mind. Right, was the girl. The drop-dead gorgeous was something I created on the inside, and that's part of my salayatana. Because of that, I like what I see. But if I like what I see, that means that my mind starts burning. What can I do? How can I get her? I've got to go talk to her. I've got to go do blah, blah. You know the whole routine. You've been there, done that. Or you can go to the point of saying, oh, she's very beautiful. I like that. But I don't want her. I'm not going to do anything. I don't really want her. I just like the fact that she spent all of that money and time getting herself all dolled up because she wanted to look pretty. I'll give her that. She looks pretty. But I don't want her. And then that would break that link in the chain. That breaks it. That's wisdom. Wisdom at that point, I like it, but I recognize that I like it and that's all. But I don't want it. But if I start wanting it, Now you can see what kind of trouble we can get into and how what bad feelings we can get into. Oh, I want her, I want her, I want her. In fact, the the hungry ghost can be called lovesick. Yeah. Lovesick. You know what lovesick is, is when you want her so bad, but you know that she's not going to say yes, and so you're afraid to go talk to her. Oh, God, it's so (laughs) I'm glad that I see through that now, so I don't have to go there. Don't have to be reborn as that hungry ghost just because I like what I see. I'm yeah. okay without her. But when I need her, that's when the eye comes in. There's selfishness right there. We are literally reborn into a woeful state. If there is no woeful state, then there's no selfishness. Yeah. Oof. Really? Well, okay, so like there's no woeful state. There can't be, yep. like, minor forms of selfishness before? Yes, yes, we've already covered that. It depends upon the level of the impact. Okay, so it depends on the level of impact. But, like if, the, but, but there, there would be, wisdom, like, a, so there could be, like, a weak, just, hungry ghost or, like, okay. a... Well, right, If exactly. But if there is wisdom at that point of contact, and it doesn't matter what power it has, we're going to direct it into, in the correct direction. But if we're ignorant at that point of contact, then the it's going to wind up in, in instinct, in yeah. ignorance, in trouble, in a woeful state. Another example of that is, is that while I'm looking at her and see how beautiful I, if she is, I can recognize, wait a minute, she's holding some dude's hand. Can you watch each link? Huh? Can you watch the formation of each link? When you're fast, you can see it happening. Okay, so you could like watch the hungry ghost so or whatever you, arise. Right. So you need to get your um, uh, your sati you fast. At least catch you it. A, you need the sati strong, and you need it fast. Why? Because the instincts are also equally fast. So we need to catch up with them so that we can override the instincts with wisdom. Yeah. 
And so this is why Shati is a skill to be developed because it has both a power component and also a speed component. So that we can wake up, have wisdom at that point of contact, then we can handle things wisely. And we'll yeah, not wind up being reborn in a woeful state. That makes a lot of sense because Sadi, yeah, Sadi, so like, yes, I have decided to wake up, but that fades. So it's like almost like you have to keep waking up over and over very quickly. Like if the very good frame rate, I don't know if that's a good word. Uh, and so you have to keep remembering to wake up very quickly until it's almost continuous. Mm, well, at least unremitting. At least unremitting, yeah. Because I don't least, know. It keeps coming back a, and coming back and coming back. Yeah, and then you can kind of see these links, and then you can be like, okay, well, mm -hmm. there's one. You can be more dispassionate. You can remove the passion, or like, mm -hmm. I guess, depending on what it is, you could apply the right mm -hmm. um, state of mind. Or I don't know how to phrase that. I'm very tired. <laughs> but yeah, I see what you mean. Thanks a lot for clarifying today. I really okay. appreciate you going through the five um, aggregates. I was a little confused about this. All right. So in Paticca Samupada, in the Pali, just to finish off, it is Salayatana, Pasa, Vedana, Tanha, thirst, wanting, yeah. Upadana. That's the clinging. In the point of contact where it like hits, that's like a, that can be, it can hit hard or it can hit soft. So it, can be, it, can it doesn't just have to hit movie. hard. Right. Uh, the mm -hmm. clinging, the desires, or the things that arise out of that afterwards can have varying out intensities. Of, right. So the power comes from that pasa, from that okay. contact. So that just hit. because it's gentle doesn't necessarily mean there's the absence of it. I guess, like, um, I don't know, like, anger can feel like very, like, embodied, like, you can be, like, very angry at something. But just because it's a small anger, it doesn't mean I'm not. Like but it all started with not liking. Stages. Yeah, it's all started with not it liking. All started like with all not the links liking, are still and there. Then you it's got not like to I... the point of saying, I have to fix this because I'm not good enough with it being like it is. I've got to throw that out. I don't like it and I've got to get rid of it. Okay. That's what winds us up in a woeful state is because now we have to deal with something we don't want. Yes. And we're dealing with it through anger, frustration, not getting what we want. This is a woeful state. So from Upadana, that's when it come, is called Baba. Baba it means the, uh, the rebirth into the woeful state. Rebirth into the woeful state, yeah. Okay. And so that Baba winds up then being Jati. Jati means now it's happened. The, uh, the, uh, the bhava means that we're clinging mm. and that that clinging then takes us into a woeful state. Being in that woeful state is jati. Now we're fully born in misery. Yes. And therefore that is dukkha. Okay. And these okay. links, sorry, minor question, they do happen one at a time, but one, and they all rely on each other. But it's it's not all at once. So like if you do remove one, then like I mean you can backtrack, right? That's another point that we will talk about okay. yeah, uh, the next time you call. More people to talk to. 
And how that operates is, is that we get faster and faster. So we can think of it like this, that we, that we teach and understand Paticca Samuppada in forward order. First this, then this, this causes that, that causes this, all through those 12 steps. Hmm. But how we practice is in reverse order. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Hi, huh? because we, we, we are slow. And so we're slow to pick up. And so we're really late in the process by the time that we wake up. Mm -hmm. But as we gain skill, we can pick it up quicker and quicker and quicker until we get to the point of recognizing the whole sequence. Because we yeah. can experience it as we get, get our speed built up. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you're not feeling as bad as yesterday, at least. Um, yeah, thank you. I, if you hadn't if you hadn't called, I'd feel bad. But being with you has helped get the the mojo going. <laughs> no, good. I really appreciate your time. Uh, I really do, and thanks a ton. All right, Clint. Well, we'll see you later. Thank you.